Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Bucky Brooks joins us today. Hello, Bucky. How are you? I'm doing well. What's going on, guys? Well, we got to figure this out because, as you know, in Indianapolis for about five plus years, this has been a quarterback starved location around the NFL, uh, like really nobody's business here. And every time a quarterback comes onto the market or there's their thoughts of availability, uh, normally we get kind of bum rushed to talking about it. And Lamar Jackson certainly takes the cake for that. Uh, where do we begin with this? A calculated maneuver, to say the least, via social media this morning from his standpoint, Bucky? Very calculated because what it did, it not only created the conversation uh, that we're having about Lamar Jackson and those things, it let it be known that, oh, he put it out there that he wanted to be gone. And so while we on the outside, like because everyone likes to fancy themselves at the gym and, oh, it's such a smart move by the Ravens, non-exclusive tag, they can get him at $32 million, yada, yada, yada. There's a real person that wears that helmet. And so now what you've done is you've made it a situation where do you want the player or not? Because there's a part of the negotiation where, yes, you want to get it at the right figure, but at some point you have to make a decision. Do you want Lamar Jackson or do you want to move on from him? And if you want to move on from him, how much are you willing to move on from him for? And so Lamar Jackson said, look, I don't want to play for you. You don't value me. You don't appreciate me. Cool, I'll go somewhere when I'm valued. That was a signal from him to the rest of the league hey, man, I'm done with this. I'm willing to maybe sit out uh, the season because I want to be gone. I want to be in a better situation for myself. Hey, it's Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Who has played this tune better than the other to this point? Eric DaCosta running the things for the Ravens organization or Lamar Jackson himself? I mean, it's been horrible, like from the Ravens standpoint. I mean, let's look around the league and let's see how many MVP quarterbacks have not – gotten their money with, with while having to do franchise tags and that. Man, that's a bad look on the Baltimore Ravens. Josh Allen got his deal done uh, a few years ago, and the range of quarterback money was 43 to $45 million. Why the Baltimore Ravens refused to do that deal then does not make sense to me. And so now you let it get to this point where the quarterback market never goes down. And so they just should have paid it a couple years ago because those deals would have been surpassed. Well, now what you run the risk of is even if he waits and eventually comes to do the franchise tag, well, the deals of Justin Hurts, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, those will hit the books. And those are not going to hit the books for any less than the $43 million that Josh Allen signed. You're probably looking at closer to $50 million. So by delaying the inevitable, they kind of drove up the price. They should have got this done a while ago. So Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I do want to dive into you know, some of the rookie quarterbacks coming out of their pro days and such in just a second. But what, what are your percentages right now where Lamar Jackson plays football? If you were guessing, throwing a dart at a dartboard, any of that, where he plays football coming up in 2023? Well, I think if he's shrewd, I think he plays. I think if he wanted to, he could take it up to the day before the regular season, sign the tag, and get the money. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, so he has a few different ways that he wants to approach it. I think he plays football this year, but I think he makes it very, very uncomfortable for the Baltimore Ravens because if he doesn't go to OTAs, he doesn't um, do any of the offseason stuff, any of the training camp work with a new offensive coordinator and a bunch of new pieces, he automatically has derailed their season. So what is it that you're trying to accomplish with the Baltimore Ravens? Is it winning the negotiation or winning the game? So ultimately the leverage goes back to Lamar Jackson. Do you think what we saw today with, again, this calculated maneuver via social media, do we, we see some general managers and, you know, maybe, for example, a guy like Chris Ballard, maybe owner Jim Irsay, do we see a, a higher level of interest peaked by what we found out today at all, in your opinion? Well, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's more conjecture, right? It's more the conversation that he's creating pressure in the media on the Ravens, more so than real pressure in terms of general managers inquiring. Any general manager working so has already kind of figured out, like, hey, what do the Baltimore Ravens want? Like, is it really like the two number ones? What does Lamar Jackson want? Because they can talk to him directly. The thing about the Colts, uh, the Colts have to kind of weigh where are we going to get our quarterback from? And so if it's, um, hey, we're not going to get one of the top two guys, it's Lamar Jackson versus Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, knowing that we got to pay Lamar Jackson. Which one do you want? Do you want the one that we've seen playing the pros, we've seen being an MVP level, or do you want what's behind door number two? That's the conversation, that's the dilemma, that's the debate that Chris Ballard is having with his staff. The amount of money, what you'd have to give up, and where do you factor in at least ending the past two years for Lamar Jackson, his lack of availability, you know, the tread off the tire, so to speak. What does that factor in as far as, again, hypothetically, Bucky, if you were to end up or get interest from someplace else and that be legit, where would you factor in that availability that hasn't been there at the end of the past two seasons? I guess I would factor it in the same way that I factored in Joe Burrow tearing his ACL. Would that prevent you from paying Joe Burrow? He tore his ACL in this part of a year, but he came back the following year and led the team to the Super Bowl. I mean, look, it's a part of it. Anyone who plays quarterback, you run the risk of getting hurt, whether you play outside the pocket or inside the pocket. To me, I think it's really a non-factor when it comes into it. Jimmy Garoppolo just got paid from the Las Vegas Raiders. He ain't played a full season in like the last three years. Um, it's one of those things that we like to talk about, but at the end of the day, you judge by how you play. When he's played, he's been one of the rarest quarterbacks that we've seen in the National Football League. And so you got to pay him what he's worth. And so that can be a consideration as part of the negotiation, but it shouldn't be the sticking point from bringing a quarterback that has played at MVP level has a 45-16 and 16 record as a starter. Hey, Bucky, we've been running a lot of hypotheticals together around here. And I'll give you my, my draft angle in just a second, but one regarding Lamar Jackson, which, you know, obviously I don't think anybody thinks is a direct possibility, but one of those hypotheticals is, boy, how would he work with a guy like Shane Steichen in year number one who did so well as the offensive coordinator for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. I, I mean, is there a legit reason to have peak interest if you're a Colts fan in all that is going on with Lamar Jackson right now? Lamar Jackson, this is not being disrespectful. Lamar Jackson is a much better player than Jalen Hurts, right? And we saw the way that Jalen Hurts performed and how well he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you have an opportunity to get a better player, a player who is formed at a high level, and you can do the same stuff, like you should jump on that. Also, when you think about like what we're talking about, because, I, I look, I come from the draft world where we love picks, but how many times can we turn those picks into players? Like, 
in this draft, in particular when you only have like maybe 15 to 18 guys that are really first-round picks, man, you give up that number four pick overall to take a player that you've seen play at a high level. So to me, um, yeah, Shane Steichen can absolutely look at Lamar Jackson and see what he does. And also just know this, the way Lamar Jackson played in Baltimore isn't the only way that he can play. If anybody looked at the film from when he was at Louisville and he threw for 7,100 yards and ran for like 3,500 uh, and scored like a almost 100 touchdowns, he can play a bunch of different ways. We just have him kind of boxed in thinking that the only way he can play is the way the Baltimore Ravens used him. Well, and again, Bucky Brooks joins us from the NFL Network on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. My thought, because I heard this back in October, I mean, it was such a clown show here. We started talking about possibilities at quarterback, you know, basically before Halloween a year ago. And the name that I continued to hear was Will Levis. And you look at the numbers and that kind of turns some folks off. Now, again, you can make up arguments about all these guys in as many different directions as you want to. But I had heard then that that's who they liked, and that hasn't changed to this point here. As you evaluate these top four quarterbacks, how does Levis look to you as a long-term future possibility? (laughs) I know this. There are two quarterbacks that I would take at the top of the board. It would be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Then there's a drastic uh, difference between Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Will Levis is a good athlete. He's not a great athlete. He's an inconsistent passer who has, like, bad tape from this final season. Even though it was much better the year before, um, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe you're saying his upside is Josh Allen, but he just as easily could be Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't – like – I understand the fascination with us over, like, bigger, faster, stronger, super arm talent, but uh, he's not a polished player, and he's not a day one where you drop him in and you can go and do a bunch of things and you're going to have a lot of success. Um, that's it. Like, I understand quarterbacks and how people push up quarterbacks when you need have a need. I just think you have to trade likely when you're talking about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson because uh, they're not polished commodities when it comes to prospects. Uh, I kind of ask you this, and you answered it well a little bit earlier. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll change it up just a little bit because you had mentioned that you didn't think that this would you know change a lot of thoughts. This was more Lamar Jackson uh, to the Ravens right now. But will we see? I mean, should the Colts, for example, Bucky, be a team out there that should? have their interest peaked even more given what you explained given what you think he can be still moving forward and also given the fact that Stroud and Young are going to go one and two and the Colts at four are going to be left with either being in love with Levis since October or going with a guy like Richardson uh, for the longer term future or even more than that if you like a defensive player on the board and going peak Ballard and, you know, trading back and trying to get somebody like Hendon Hooker a little bit later on. What do you think should be the play moving forward for the Colts at that position? In the AFC, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Period. Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, like, Justin Herbert. If you don't have a quarterback that can go toe-to-toe with those guys in a shootout, you have no chance. And so you have to either look at the draft class and figure out, do the guys in the draft give me an opportunity to win a battle with one of the top six quarterbacks in the league who all happen to be on the AFC? 
or can I get an established player that gives me a chance to go toe-to-toe with those guys? That's where you're at. And so you're competing to win the Super Bowl. you got to look at the teams that you have to knock off to get there, and all of those teams have A-level quarterbacks. And so the decision has to be, how can I narrow the gap to give myself a chance to knock off one of those aforementioned quarterbacks? Because if I don't do it, there's no way we'll ever represent the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. Do you think that Lamar Jackson's played his final snap in Baltimore? No, I think this gets messy, but then I think eventually the Baltimore Ravens acquiesce and give him what he wants. Because if he doesn't play, they don't have an opportunity to go get a quarterback either. There's not one that's available to them at 21 or 22 where they're picking, and there's not another quarterback on the open market that they can go win with. When they don't play with Lamar Jackson, their record is upside down. Right. As opposed to being 45 and 16. I think he ends up going back to Baltimore because I think cooler heads for Bill, they find a way to get in the room and work this out. The Colts have as good an angle, again, hypothetically, to go at this than any other team out there. They got, you know, number four right now, maybe can do some different things. I know there's some other teams that maybe Mm -hmm. uh, would have better uh, assets to throw that direction. Where do you think the Colts rank as as far as if they did have interest being able to throw something out there to Baltimore? Oh, I think they absolutely can do it. There are two things that they would need to do. One, if you can get past the fascination of having a number four overall pick, that's easy. You give it a number four, you give it the first round next year. But then two would be, can you write the contract in a way that the Ravens can't match? Years ago, when Steve Hutchinson went from the Seattle Seahawks to the Minnesota Vikings, they structured the contract in a way that the Seattle Seahawks couldn't match it. So can they creatively draw up a contract that the Baltimore Ravens absolutely cannot match, whether that's guarantees, whether that's front-loaded money, whatever that is, can they be creative? Because ultimately, it's Jim Ursay's call. If Jim Ursay wants Lamar Jackson, Jim Ursay will find a way to make it happen. See, I that's always an outlier. The thing of it is, I I guess a little bit around here, Bucky, I don't know how to put this in, in right terms, because they've been through so much. I know this is a completely different direction. I'm not trying to compare, you know, Lamar Jackson again to to Matt Ryan or to Carson Wentz or, you know, Phillip Rivers or anything like that. It just seems like that maybe they had been down that path so much in the past three years that they've all, within that organization, including Jim Mercy, been resigned to say, all right, we're going to start right here with the quarterback. This is who we like, and there's the direction we're moving. And that's why I brought up to you, should this change a lot of the thought process in, in within the past day, for example, in hours of what they had previously with where this Lamar Jackson storyline is going? Should that change that thought process with the Colts? Uh, so what it does is the conversation that you're having is probably all over your airways all day, right? Right. So I'm sure Mr. Ursa is driving around town. He has to hear the fodder, right? Oh, I, I feel you on that. You're making a guy right, feel good right, sitting here, Bucky. Thank right, you. Right, right, right. So he has to hear that. So now he has to then begin to ask the question, okay, Ballard, what do you think? You know, so it creates the conversation and then maybe like, you know what? What do we think about this guy compared to the draft picks? Because – what you would like is the perfect world, right? The perfect storm was, okay, the Colts needed a quarterback. Andrew Luck is sitting there at number one. It matches up. What you don't want is we have a high pick, but the talent at the quarterback position doesn't add up to what the number four pick should be. 
And so then you reach, and the player that you bring in who's expected to be a franchise player, the first day that everyone goes into the stadium to look at the quarterback, everyone is like, oh, no. Oh, gosh. And then you're stuck with a young quarterback for four, maybe five years that you know is never going to be good enough to beat those guys that he talked about. It's uh, Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, the NFL Network analysts, Move the Sticks podcast, along with Daniel Jeremiah. I want to give you some love because you've been fantastic in the conversation here. What are you guys doing here in the near future with the podcast? Well, now that Lamar Jackson came out and did that, right before I had to do a mod draft. Like, you got to cut know, a new one is what you're telling me. You, you got to do a new you one. You know that. You know that blows up everything that we talk about. And so, yeah, so it's, it's just my draft day. It's just trying to figure out what we can talk about and stuff like that. But, no, it's fun. Like, the draft is fun. Uh, the draft has plenty of prospects that we'll talk about. Maybe not as much on the top end, but from picks 15 to 45, there are a lot of good players that can make plays and are going to be solid contributors. One final thing here. Do you believe in Hendon Hooker at the NFL level? Absolutely. I do. I think he's going to be the sleeper. I think he's the guy that if you can get, as you talked about, top of the second round, uh, to me, his tape is better than Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. And oh, by the way, they play in the same conference. So <laughs> there's something that is a little different about him than those other guys at the right price point. Yeah, you pull the trigger. The guy can play. Awesome. Hey, man, you've been fantastic. And I know you've done a lot of this on the fly with that news today. We actually lined you up perfectly on this day with this news. And I can't thank you enough, Bucky. Appreciate you. Hey, man, thanks so much for having me on. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.